Hey beauty, in this episode I talk about what happened in a recent hospital visit, six lessons or reminders from this hospital visit before we get into the show. If you are interested in learning more about holistic health, go ahead and go to herholistichealing.com slash free. There will be a link in the show notes. Go ahead and sign up for my email list to receive my free cheat sheet, Hope for Your Health, a simple cheat sheet for getting started with holistic health God's way. With all that being said, let's get into the show. Welcome to Her Holistic Healing. Do you want more energy and less anxiety so that you can do all the things? Are you searching for meal ideas, essential oils, and other holistic treatments? Do you wish you could know which direction to take with your health so that you could finally feel better? Hey, I'm Alexandra. I love Jesus. I'm a wife, mom of three, and registered nurse with years of experience in clinical research. I also wanted more energy so that I could have more fun and keep up with my growing child. I too was confused about all the different diet and treatment options. I too wanted to wake up every day and feel good, but I felt anxious because I couldn't solve the mystery of my health. Until God showed me that He is the source of true healing. In this podcast, you will learn holistic treatments and Bible truths that will lead you to the peace, joy, and freedom that you have been hoping for. So what do you say we take a break from the mind-numbing, humdrum busyness? Let's rest and let God be our healer and helper. It's been one of those weeks where I had an episode planned for last Wednesday, but something happened that totally threw everything off track. I was I was debating on how much I wanted to share because this story is kind of strange. You won't be able to understand everything unless I give more detail, I feel. So I will give a lot of detail, but there is a reason. This has to do with my 11-year-old daughter, and I asked her permission if I could share all this. So last, last Monday on the 12th, my daughter at night, she started having pain in her genital area and I didn't know this till Tuesday morning. She she told she told me about it Tuesday morning, so I looked at that area. I wasn't sure what I was looking for, but I thought I saw a rash. I wasn't sure what it was, but later I in the morning I told her to take a shower. So she took a shower. I asked if I could look again to see and try to figure out what was going on. So I looked again, I kind of saw this strange growth and I thought to myself, that's kind of strange. I should probably make an appointment with a practitioner. So I made a mental note to make an appointment, but we just went about our day after that. She wasn't in a lot of pain. She was, she was still talking and laughing and kind of playing. So I thought it was fine. Maybe an hour or two later, I just had this nagging feeling So I looked at it one more time. What gave me the nagging feeling was the story that she told me when she was in the shower. She said she looked down, she saw this long hair from the top of her head just hanging down from her genital area. She said she bent over and she accidentally stepped on it. She said that 
the pain got a little bit worse. I really feel like Holy Spirit brought to mind a memory of when she was younger than one year old. She had some long hair wrapped around her toe. The Her toe was just becoming really swollen because there was a hair tangled around her toe. There's actually a term for this. It's called hair tourniquet syndrome. When that happened, it was kind of scary. We had to get the hair out with tweezers. We got it out, but the swelling lasted for maybe a few weeks. I remember researching this before years ago, this thing called hair tourniquet syndrome. What can happen is that the hair can get so tight that it can cut off circulation, leading to death of the tissue and then the person would need amputation. So once I had this realization, I went online and I was looking again at her hair tourniquet syndrome. They said that one of the easy ways to get the hair off is to use this this hair remover called Nair. So once I realized that it was most likely the strangest thing, hair getting tangled up in her genital area causing this hair tourniquet, once I figured out that was most likely the cause of her of her pain, I went to the store, got some Nair, but I didn't realize um, until I got home that Nair, it says this should not be used in the genital area. You know, it's a very sensitive area, so I didn't want to use it uh, use it there. So what I did was I tried to get it out very gently with tweezers, but I, I couldn't get it out. So we went to urgent care. I told them what I thought it was. The problem is, is that the hair can get so tight that you, it gets to the point where you can't even see it. So I'm not sure. I don't think the practitioner even believed me. She basically tried to take tweezers and tried to, I think she saw a little bit of the hair, but I think she was still hesitant. So she said, well, if you're worried, maybe you should go to the, to the ER. Maybe it's a growth or something else. And just the diagnosis that she wrote, it seemed like she wasn't sold on the fact that my daughter could have hair tourniquet syndrome in her genital area. So we went to the ER Unfortunately, the ER was packed. There were so many people. There was an older lady in her robe. I think she was in pain because she was moaning. There was there was just so many people. And even when I went to the desk, the lady said that the wait would be really long. So I sat down. I had texted a couple of my friends before to pray for us because I was concerned about my daughter I texted them, yeah, well, we're in the ER now, just another manic Tuesday. So we were waiting in the ER for quite some time. The really nice thing is that my daughter was not in a lot of pain, so we were chatting and laughing and talking. So that was actually fun. When we finally got into a room, right away, the nurse said, okay, the doctor wants a urine sample. Well, I was thinking to myself, why does she want a urine sample? It's she has hair stuck in her genital area. Can we just get the hair off? So I kind of just put my head down. I probably would have pushed back more, but I felt like it wasn't super urgent because my daughter was still laughing and talking. So I was, I just felt like, okay, we can do the urine sample. But luckily 
the doctor came in, I told her the situation and she, she, they didn't really need a urine sample. She actually saw, I think a little bit of the hair. So what, so what she did first was she put ice, she put an ice pack on her for about half an hour. The swelling went down a little bit to make the swelling down more. She, she actually put sugar and then she put an ice pack because the sugar causes this, this chemical reaction, which will help the swelling to go down. So we did that for another half hour. So she tried to get the hair off with tweezers, but she couldn't. She said that if she couldn't get it off, then we, then my daughter might have to be sedated. So she did a consult with the urogynecologist at the pediatric hospital. She took a picture. She said, okay, I'll be right back. I'm going to talk to the urogynecologist and we'll let you know what she says. So she goes out of the room. Of course, there's more waiting, maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then the nurse comes back and she's like, okay, you're going to be transferred to the pediatric hospital. And I'm thinking to myself, oh man, why do we have to be transferred? She made me feel really hopeful because she said that the swelling went down and they weren't concerned about death of the tissue. It wasn't black or anything like that. But when she said that, I got a little concerned. The doctor came in, I don't know, maybe another half an hour later. And she said that the urogynecologist wanted to see her to make sure there was nothing else going on. She said that she would transfer my daughter via an ambulance at this point, it was probably four o'clock in the morning. So I was, I was so tired. I, I wasn't really thinking clearly and it just, it, it just concerned me. I wasn't sure whether to ride in the ambulance with her. I offered to drive her, but the doctor's like, no, if you, if you drive her, then you're going to have to go through to the through the ER again and all these things. I wasn't sure if she was more concerned about my daughter's situation than she was letting on. But anyway, I was, so I was trying to figure out if I should follow in my car because if I left my car there, my husband would have to come with the two kids the next day to get, to come and get us. The hospital was kind of far away. My phone was dying. So I was leaning towards just following the ambulance in my car, but I was also concerned because I was so tired. I didn't, you know, I didn't know the driver of the ambulance. Could I trust him? So I was getting concerned about that. When the driver came around with his partner, he just seemed really, really kind, him and his partner. And I saw that he was wearing a bracelet, a bracelet that, that said, pray, 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 pray. He, he actually recommended that I follow, I follow the ambulance in my car so that I would have my car in the morning, which I thought was good advice. He drove super slow for me so that I I didn't lose them. So we got to the hospital. It's this really huge, impressive hospital, a huge campus. I parked in the parking garage. It was a really long walk to the pediatric department, but it was it's it's a beautiful hospital. I know if you've been listening to this podcast, I don't always speak highly of the medical system, but this place was really impressive and everyone that I met was super kind up until this point. So I get into the pediatric unit and of course they ask me the same questions. We tell them the same story for the fifth to- fifth or something time. 
this practitioner was saying things like, I've never experienced hair tourniquet syndrome and someone of this age, usually hair tourniquet syndrome happens to babies. And she was saying that she was concerned about blood flow, but that she was also a little reassured that my daughter was still feeling pain because that shows that she can still feel things in that area. So as, after speaking to that doctor, I was a little bit more concerned when she examined my daughter. She's like, oh, there's no way that I'm, I'm touching this. It's just too sensitive in, of an area. So she called the urogynecologist after her exam, after her saying that she was concerned, I guess that she wasn't so concerned. So she said that it was okay for the urogynecologist to see us in the morning. By this time, it was probably probably 5 a.m. The urogynecologist comes in at about 7.30. So like I said, up until now, everyone has been super kind with me and my daughter. They're, o- they're always explaining to my daughter what they're doing so that she won't be scared and all that. But this lady, she didn't seem super friendly. She comes in, she, it's not like she was rude, but she didn't say much. And she basically said, okay, we're going to get that thing off of her. So at this point, I was kind of scared for my daughter because this lady and it didn't seem very gentle. And I'm like, oh, you're not going to use any numbing cream or anything? And she's like, nope. But if she can't handle it, then then we'll, we'll sedate her. We'll see what we can do. So I'm holding my daughter's hand. She's getting her tools out. As she's, as she's using her tweezers, my daughter, uh, she softly screams a couple times. But after a few minutes, the doctor lifts up her tweezers and shows us the tiny piece of little lint that was wrapped around my daughter's genital area. And she's like, here, I got it. It was just such a relief. My daughter didn't feel the pain anymore. I, like I said, I was scared for my daughter at first because there's this no-nonsense doctor that doesn't seem very gentle but I was grateful for her because I feel like her no-nonsense attitude was actually what helped my daughter my daughter I feel like the other practitioners were kind of scared because you know it is a very sensitive area and I I am glad that they were taking a conservative conservative approach and they were not just just um you know going in there blindly trying to see what they could do so I was super grateful for her After this experience, I wanted to share with you six lessons that I learned from this experience. They, six lessons or reminders for all of you. Number one, I talk, I talk about this in my book, Discover God's Health Wisdom, Exposing Eight Common Myths That Keep You Sick. When I was a bedside nurse and as a nurse now, I like the idea of being an advocate for my patients. And that's the reminder that I want for you. Be an advocate for your own health and be an advocate for your family's health. I really feel like it was Holy Spirit that reminded me, well, first of all, it was Holy Spirit that made me think about what my daughter was saying because when she was talking about this long hair that was just the long hair from her head that was hanging, 
when she told me that story about when she was in the shower, I was thinking to myself, this is not relevant. Why is she even telling me the story? But then when, as I was thinking about it through the, throughout the day, if I hadn't have thought about that, that stupid piece of long hair, and if I hadn't been reminded of that, of what happened to her when she was a baby, the hair twisted around her toe, who knows what would have happened? I mean, I probably wouldn't have gone to urgent care, or if I had gone to urgent care, that practitioner probably wouldn't, would have thought that whatever was going on with my daughter was just some weird growth. And what if we had gone home that night, the swelling got worse, her pain got worse, or the tissue started to die. It's called necrotic tissue. And then she would have had to have that part of her body amputated. That is what happens sometimes with hair tourniquet syndrome. I want to remind you to be an advocate whenever you have this feeling or Holy Spirit gives you a nudge or you just have this uncertainty. I want you to not just forget about it, not just not just throw it to the side and, and think, oh, the doctor knows better. In this case, the doctor had no idea what was going on with my daughter. And I didn't either. When I, like I said, when I looked at her for the third time, I thought it was some weird growth, but it, it turned out that that weird growth was a part of her tissue that was losing blood flow. So that's the first lesson or reminder that I want to tell you. The second one is listen to Holy Spirit. This is basically the whole reason why I wrote this book. We need to seek God's wisdom first. We need to listen to God first and not the practitioners first. Think about, it's so sad that it happens so much where there are misdiagnoses or medical errors or just practitioners following algorithms given to them by health authorities that these these um, protocols, they don't make sense for every single person. You can't just make a protocol and apply it to every single person because every single person is unique. So you can't just blindly follow what the doctors say. You, We must go to God for wisdom and listen to Holy Spirit. So that's number two. Number three, we need to hang on to the promises of God. I thought it was so beautiful that when we were in the ER, I, I said to my daughter, let's do our declaration. If you have not heard in episode 83, I talk about how we have been reciting Psalm 91 almost every night because it's just so encouraging to remind ourselves of the promises of God, declare the promises of God. We've been saying it so much that we memorized it. So we were just saying Psalm 91 in the ER, just declaring that God sends his angels to protect us and God will not let evil come against us. It was just so encouraging. Number four, I want you to remember that God will be with you through your trials. When that nurse came into the ER and she said, out of the blue, okay, your daughter is going to be transferred to a pediatric hospital. I was, I was scared. I was like, okay, this was just, we're just supposed to remove the hair and we're supposed to go home. But why are you transferring us to the pediatric hospital? And why does my daughter have to go in an ambulance? 
when I saw that that ambulance driver with the bracelets that said, pray, 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 I feel like that was God reassuring me. That was like a hug from God showing me that, that it's okay, that I will take care of your daughter and everything's going to be okay. I feel like a lot of times we don't see how God is with us through the trials or even through good times. We don't always see how God is with us through every everything that we go through. I, and I just think that it's just such a blessing that God is, sh- is showing me more these days how how much he loves us and how much he shows us shows up for us in every situation. And I want to remind you to be on the lookout for those situations because I think that a lot of times we don't see it because we're so distracted or we just, we choose to hang on to our worry. So we, we don't see, we don't see the, you know, the kind ambulance driver or just these small little gifts, these small little hugs from heaven from God telling us that everything's going to be okay. Number four, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. This is from Romans 8, 28. This is a verse that I have been meditating on recently. It has meant so much to me. My, my friend just mentioned this verse to me. She had, she didn't know that I had been reciting this verse over at least once a day and she said it to me and I started crying. I just, this verse means so much to me. I'll read it, the, the whole thing to you, Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. There are so many times where I want things to be different. I, I just get so frustrated that I can't change things. But then God has been reminding me that he works all things together for good. Even though I've messed up in the past, sometimes I feel like I've messed up so much where I feel like I'm just living in the consequences of my lack of self-control or my past sin where I just get discouraged because God doesn't, you know, he doesn't make things perfect for us, right? But the truth is, is that if I'm being in relationship with him for living for him, and if I ask him for something and he doesn't say yes, that means that he has a better plan for me. And so I can rest in the fact that it's okay, even if I am living in the consequences of mistakes that I've made in the past, he will make All things work together for good. That is such a powerful promise from God. So at the beginning of that crazy week, I knew that my week was going to be so crazy, so busy. It was going to be one of those just busy weeks. I wasn't looking forward to it. And then when all of this happened with my daughter, we were in the ER, the wait was so long. I just thought to myself, man, just another manic Tuesday. I wasn't expecting this at all. 
it's funny because when I spoke to the nurse, she said, usually the ER is not this crowded. Usually if you come, there's no wait. It just so happened that the day that we went, there were so many people there. But the beautiful thing is I do believe, I know that God used it for good because I I had so much time to just talk to my daughter about random things. We were laughing and talking and cracking jokes and talking about just random things that I would usually not be able to talk to her about because I have two other kids, I have work and other things. So I just thought that that was so beautiful. It was also just a privilege to be there to pray for the patients in the ER. I prayed for the patients in the ER. I prayed for the patients in the children's hospital. God had a purpose in all of it. He turned a really crazy night into something really beautiful. Number six, I want to remind you to tell everyone about God's goodness. A few years ago, I was in a small group and the leader was saying something like, when you ask someone to pray for you, don't forget to go back to the people that prayed for you and tell them what God did so that he will be glorified for it. Remember the woman at the the well? This is John 4. Jesus tells the woman that he is the Messiah. For in verse 29, she says, or starting in verse 28, it says, So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? She was so impressed with him, so she started telling people about him. I think about when Jesus split the Red Sea for the Israelites, or when God did amazing things for the Israelites. He always wanted the Israelites to remember to remember those times in some way. He wanted them to tell their children and he wanted their children to tell their children. He wanted future generations to know who he was. I feel like it's it's the same thing today. When we go through something hard or something good or we see the goodness of God, I just want to remind you to tell tell people. I mean, that just brings encouragement to so many people. After this happened, I, I had to text quite a few moms in my homeschool co-op because I had to tell them that I wasn't sure that their kids were going to have childcare because because I couldn't be there. So I texted them. I said, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if my friend is coming, but if she's not coming, then I won't I won't be able to be there. I told them that I had been in the hospital all night with my daughter and I told them a little bit about the story. I said we went to urgent care, to the ER, to the pediatric hospital, but but God stepped in right on time. She could have had to have had a devastating amputation, but God stepped in and there was not a scratch on her, even though we only had two hours of sleep. She still wanted to go to homeschool co-op. I told them that story and then I told my life group. I told I told some other people. I was just so excited because I really saw God's goodness in that this recent hospital experience. So I just want to remind you to remind you to tell people that you feel comfortable telling about what God did in your life today or yesterday, how he changed your life, how he drew you to himself, how he answered a prayer. Just remember to bring God glory. Sometimes 
perhaps God brought us through this weird hospital experience so I could tell you about it so that you could be encouraged. So to recap, six lessons that I learned from our recent hospital visit, six lessons or reminders. Number one, be an advocate for your own health and be an advocate for your family's health, for your loved one's health. Number two, listen to the Holy Spirit. Three, hang on to the promises of God. Four, God will be with you through the trials. Five, for those who love God, all things work together for good. This is from Romans 8.28. And number six, tell, remember to tell everyone about God's goodness. I'm so glad that you took the time to listen today. If you liked what you heard, will you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts so that this show can reach more people? And if you want to connect with me, go to herholistichealing.com. Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For you. It's easy and my burden is light.